This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Lastly, New Year's. Yeah, Ganaki Goo here. Ganaki. Hey, Bliss, thank you for Good morning, James. How are you? We got the giant preacher here to, eagerly waiting to get into the Bible. <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Good morning. And, and Sarah and Jim are here. Jim, Jim is going to head back to Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. He goes back, I think, what, two days, one day? How much longer are you here? Uh, I head out Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. And he'll be learning more Greek. Yes. And then that's the plan. And learning about the Apostolic Fathers. Yep. And more. Are you learning about that? No. No. I will. I will be learning about it in my time at DTS. Oh, eventually. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like. I mean, the resurrection course. I'll definitely be over having an overview of the patristic fathers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's so well, that made went real quick on that. That that um that class on the resurrection. Isn't that the old guy that's you you'd be lucky you're lucky to get him because he's mm-hmm. older. That's where I was with Professor Few in, in evidence. I took him quick as I could because I, I knew he could die any minute. He was mm-hmm. old. Yeah, for the listeners it's Daryl Bach. And so I've been looking forward to taking his courses. That doesn't say anything less about the other professors. I've really been enjoying their classes. Yeah. So Well you know when when Hawkeye Pierce was talking to Radar about the girl he was about to date. She liked classical music and and Mozart got, I mean, excuse me. Um, what is his name? I, I've, uh, Ray, not Metalark. What's his name? Metalark. Why'd I go crazy? We're just right. listening to him lose his mind. You know what? We're not going to talk about time. it. I think it's been taken away from me. And we're not going to that story after all. Yep, so God is before Satan takes down this building. We want, we want heaven in here now. <laughs> well, I think that this is a good New Year's uh, passage. It's found in Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And if the Lord is directing your path, you're going in the right direction. But you got to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And most of us lean to our own understanding most of the time. There's two more verses that I think are very important for this uh, new year. Uh, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out. With new wine. Any comment on that? Wait, can you say that again? Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all thine increase. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you're, you agree. <laughs> well, you, well, I, I agree with giving cheerfully, like as far as what we have in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but those are two interesting to combine. The, the mm-hmm. first one being, the first one is a sanctif- sanctification mm-hmm. passage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. yes. And so I think that that's a good way to start off the new year is trust the Lord with all your heart and in and, and understanding. Yeah. And get his path. There we go. And let him direct the path for you. Yes. In all that ways, acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. How much do we do that? 
in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. I do agree with that. Uh, I also like um, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. I think we have different versions right now. And do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So uh, that, that, you know, indulgences. <laughs> 11 and 12 from the same uh that's from three in proverbs yeah. i did that so oh, backwards yeah. proverbs three chapters 11 through 12 <laughs> I did verses. verses sorry my bad um yeah i like that it's a it's a really um you know put your trust in the lord this year that's what we're saying that was a great podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you like to hear uh from the book of romans how um, Abraham practiced faith. I would like to hear that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, 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 you're, you're actually, I, I thought that you could tell by my um, subtle social cues that, yes, I wanted you to read it. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> we got to give the listeners an audio, an, I guess. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is chapter four of the book of Romans. And as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Of course, he's quoting now from the Old Testament, and he's quoting about. Abraham, uh, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, that's pretty interesting. He's talking to Abraham, and he's reminding him that God operates like this. He calls those things which be not as though they were. How did God create the earth? He created the earth, which was void and without form. He created it uh, by speaking over it. But also the spirit of God kind of hovered over uh, the earth that was void and without form. But you've got to, in life, and I know, James, that you have practiced this, that you've got to call those things to be not as though they were. You've got to speak your future uh, in faith, and you've got to speak your faith in your future. Don't speak your doubts about your future, because this makes... uh, all the difference in the world of what kind of life that anybody is going to live. You're either going to speak your doubts over your future or you're going to speak your faith over your future. You know, I am becoming more and more a believer about what comes out of your mouth is setting your limits. I am beginning to believe that. I, I know we don't, we're not a, we're not a, all right, so Jim said something good the other day. I'm not sure if that was here with you or was we were just talking, but that we're not a God. Is, we, aren't, we do not worship a God of karma. That, you know, the things we do cause us to, you know, how would you explain what you were trying to say that day? Well, God doesn't simply reward you for doing good acts. He rewards you because he's God. And it doesn't, it's not a you do good, he, do, he does good. It's not you karma. Do bad, he does bad. And the story that we were going over was Jacob's story. And how this guy was a trickster from the very beginning, but God determined to, to, bl- to bless him throughout his career. Despite his mistakes, and David made lots of them, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but here's the thing is, is that, that I went to that. It's not, this is something we've talked about on this podcast a whole lot. I went before I was going to the live church. Scott Killen invited me to, a, I guess you would call it a speaker. What would you call it, Revival type thing. And he taught, he was from out of Tulsa, apparently, because you remember him. Yes. And he taught that if you speak it, it, you know, and you 
dedicated saying I'm, I'm anointed in, in by God. It'll happen. And I did it. And, and it's amazing. The crazy turnaround, the failure that I was experiencing in my law practice to what it is now. It's not, it's two completely different things. Mm-hmm. And you know, part, Sarah's part of that blessing, but the law firm is amazing. It really is. Well, an interesting thing on the negative side, I didn't think that I was limiting God's grace, but I remember when we moved into this house that I moved into, we had a, we, we, we bought, we had a contract where we got free gas in that house. And I told Charlotte, you know, I'm going to be happy with three years gas. And I said it a hundred times. I'll be happy if we get three years free gas out of it. That, that'll be great to the day. To the absolute day, I got three years. And I believe that I limited that. <laughs> I really do. I know that sounds super. That sounds superstitious. It so. doesn't matter how it sounds. That's what happened. See, I would just say from now on, if you're going to pray and you're, you're asking for God's blessing in that way, just maybe say, uh, bless me as, as much as you <laughs> think that you want to go ahead and do that. I like, want my cup yeah. to overflow it. But I mean, to the day. I, 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 I don't know. I think it would be almost, I, I really, I would say something. I've always doubted those kind of stories, right? I have, but I've seen it on the positive now, and now I'm seeing it on the negative. I really do believe you can limit your blessings. Well, David even, uh, or I mean, uh, Abraham, well, the writer of Romans is, is talking about how that uh, Abraham received the blessing that, that God said was his. And you notice that uh in the Old Testament, it says that we are to keep our mind, our eyes on the word of God, and we are to keep the word of God in our mouth and speak the word of God out. And so and the scripture says, even on salvation, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth unto salvation. And when you read the Greek word so-so or ever how you pronounce it, S-O-Z-O, it's it's talking about uh, any anything that that comes from God. and. So you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so uh, your faith will develop as you begin to hear the word of God. And who do you believe the most? You believe yourself the most. And so it's a good idea that we begin to meditate the word of God and not to let it depart out of our mouth. That's what they were uh, told in the Old Testament. They were to keep the word of God. Uh, digestion or the strength of your body begins in your mouth. You use your mouth, your tongues, your lips, and your teeth. And uh, there's vitamins in green beans. And as you break it up, it gets into your whole body and gives you strength. It's the same way with the Word of God. There are spiritual vitamins in the Word of God. How are you going to break that down? You're going to speak it out of your mouth. You're going to use your mouth to do that. And as you begin to speak the Word of God, it becomes a reality in, in your life. And one pa- one of the passages here in, in the book of Romans, chapter four, it says that Abraham considered not the deadness of his uh, body, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong, strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, that goes along with my initial uh, passages that I read here, that we are to begin to thank God and praise God. Also, he was given, Abraham was given a visual because God said, I want you to look down at the sand. He said, your seed is going to be more than the sand. And he said, I want you to look up at the stars because your seed is going to be more than the stars. And there's something about how we see things, how we look at things. Uh, we can look at things and they can look bad, but uh, we, we need to look back at the word of God 
And the word of God shows us that we have all of these promises. And so we need to look at these promises, speak these promises, and believe God for it. Why did he use the sand? Why did he use the stars? Because the sand is earthly, uh, talking about Abraham's seed, the Jews, and then the, the sky, the, the stars in the sky is heavenly. So not only does God have an in inheritance from the Jews, but he has an inheritance from us because when we come into the faith, we become Abraham's uh, children. Oh, let me ask you something okay. along those lines. You actually triggered something in my head. Do you see a difference as far as uh, in the New Testament and in the second coming between Israel and the church? Um, wait, wait. Do you, do you see us as two distinct distinct well, groups or one group that received the promise? One well, group. Well, no, no. I see okay. now one group. You see one yes. group? Sand mm -hmm. and stars. And they merge into one? Jews. And yeah. Okay. Because we, we really become now one when the uh, the uh, children of Abraham, the Jews, when they accept Jesus Christ as mm -hmm. their Savior. Okay. Ask the question again. So uh, I asked if Chris sees, as far as the New Testament goes and the second coming, whether there are two distinct groups, one group being the Israelites, and the other being Christians, both of whom have promises from God, or if those groups have merged into one. I don't think they've merged yet. Mm -hmm. I think they merged after the seventh week of Daniel. I think that they merged the moments that, and, and y'all could be on something here. Oh, uh, so, so I'm, I, I want to be clear here. Yeah. I see myself, if you guys are having this conversation as mediator, because I have not decided whether I'm a covenantalist or a dispensationalist in that regard. Yeah. Okay. My, my understanding, but then I look and I see there is a little a different way that God deals with the Jews. But, uh, once they become born again and receive Jesus, he is the only door. Oh, I get you. During the church age, yes. During the church age, accepting Christ is everything. Okay. So, right, but once the, once the church age ends and that we get that seventh week of Daniel, yeah. then at that time, it's back to the, the Jews have their time again. It's a time of it, it, that dispensation is the last seven years of dispensation of Israel. And so I see a difference there. And I, I, I would never, ever get on a pulpit. And I'm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. almost reticent to say it here mm -hmm. because I don't want, if this is one of those discussions I like to have behind closed doors and just talk things out. I have my doubts about us being both the body and the bride of Christ. I think the bride of Christ is Israel. I don't have anybody supporting my theory on that. <laughs> <laughs> not even uh, not even Drake. Oh, yeah. or Dave. no, no, Sorry. not even Drake. I, keep saying Drake. I was like, wait, okay, what's Drake got to do with this? I didn't realize he was going to theology. He used to call you a mess. No, no I don't think anybody that I know of. Um, it was mentioned one time, and I and I grabbed grabbed it and kept it. What did mm -hmm. he mention? Scott. Okay. Well, now he so didn't say he believed in it. That's a pretty good it. source. So, he didn't say he believed in it. Yeah. So he right now, do you see that the program of Israel has been? Suspended? Yes. Okay. This and that, a, that's, that's this, in suspense. This is parenthetical. Until, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they use. Yeah, parentheticals. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, whenever I say they dispensational, let's use that term. But there's a parenthetical. And I grew up under a very adamant dispensationalist. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was with Swindoll. He went to DTS. And with David Jeremiah, DTS. And so I don't know anything but dispensationalism. Mm -hmm. And so it, it makes it work for me. And, and more than likely, I've been taught along those lines also, because if I remember right, some of the 
professors or instructors at the Bible college I went to, they've gone to the same seminary he's going to. Mm-hmm. Now, so, there, there is an uh, opposing point of view to this, and I'm pulling up the quote, but essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, there are a group of people who believe that the church is almost like a glorified body of Israel. That Israel passed away, and the church is now what we look forward to in the future, being a glorified body of the program of Israel. And so it's a continuation, even though there is definitely, they would still agree, meaning covenantalists and people who hold this view, that this is a, and I'm not necessarily sure if this is the Main Street covenantalist view. I know that this is N.T. Wright's view. I know, I know that N.T. Wright has influenced a lot of people, and so that other people also hold this view. But this is that one that contrasts that parenthetical idea that Israel is not done, that they do still have a have a hope in the future. And the covenantalists say, no, now the church is the it's not a replacement of Israel. It's an updated version of Israel. And anytime you see Israel in Daniel or in Revelation, what it's talking about is God's program as a whole in the updated version at the end. And so the church is is yeah. Right. I wonder if I, if I ever studied that, if I wouldn't find that it's not inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That we do have covenants that we need to understand and where that how they apply to each dispensation. But um, I have a I have a hard time completely understanding what you're saying because it mm-hmm. sounds like to me that the parenthetical, the church age, what's unique about that is no priests. We're straight connected to God, unless you're Catholic. We're, I, oh, no, 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 I'm not worried about that. I actually, okay. I, just, I figured out the Catholic answer to all of this. Okay, got That's it. What I, was got it. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, we're even thinking well, about the Well, Jesus Catholic. is our high priest. Right, yes. Well, right, right. But we don't have, a, we don't have any man priest in no, front of him. No, All right, and. Well, we're a kingdom of priests. Every and, morning in believer. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. You're saying it exactly better than I was saying, but that's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. All right, so with that said, that, that I kind of look at it like, I've never heard it said this way, but it's to me what it is. So this body of Christ is being assembled. Each person accepts Christ during the church age, becomes a member of the body of Christ. When that last Christian, that last person accepts Christ and the body is complete, I believe that's when rapture happens. I believe that ends it. He said, okay, body's complete. So I think what we're doing here is completing the body of Christ. That's our purpose here. And that Satan is trying to stop that. He's trying to keep that last He's trying to keep Christians from happening because that body of Christ has been promised to Christ. And that's what we're waiting on. So I have a problem saying that we are a continuation of anybody. Mm-hmm. This is a parenthetical. This is a special thing. We are, we are so blessed to be humans during a time where we can have the Holy Spirit in us. Right. It's, a, it's something that's just off the charts different. And so I would have trouble with that one mm-hmm. with that, without studying him, without reading him. I would start with a, a, a little bit yeah. doubt. About and here's, here's the exact quote, just so that I don't misrepresent what he's saying. So this is N.T. Wright in his book, The Resurrection of the Son of God, which is a really good book, by the way. You should, people should definitely check it out. Um, so he says on page 264, rather, the church composed of Jew and Gentile alike is, as it were, the resurrection version, the new covenant version of the ethnic solidarity of Israel. And so, yeah, you would you would have a problem with that because, or not have a problem with it, but you would have difficulty seeing it that way simply because of the way that you were reared and seeing this as a parenthetical and seeing our church body as 
building up the body of Christ. And once that last person has joined and the body is complete, then the rapture happens. That's how you see it. And so, in, yeah, and in, N.C. In Wright sees this as a, it's almost like it's not a parable, but it's a representative metaphor of what our glorified bodies will be and what the kingdom will be, that the church is an updated version of Israel. It's Israel 2.0. I get, it. I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I get what he's saying. Yeah. But then, but then after we have seven more years of the age of Israel, what's he going to do with it then? <laughs> yeah, the like I said, I'm not ready. Okay, so yeah, the let's Catholics, do the Catholic yeah, the Catholics take a middle stance. Okay. So uh, we do think that overall um, the church is like the, I guess, like new spiritual Israel or whatever it is. So quite a bit of it applies to, because like, okay, so my understanding that dispensationalism is saying it's going to happen in the future. And then the other one, what's the other one? So this covenant, was, yeah, yeah, covenant, covenant theology. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, that that one is going on, and it's been going on mm-hmm. since. Yeah, All right. is that right? Yes, and you're going to make sure I'm noticing you're not getting up to your mic. Um, here, here's here's why covenant I theology, would be yeah. interested to, to to read the book. It's this. It's because when Chris explains the Abrahamic covenant. He makes clear that it still applies now, okay? Even though it's written to the, the you've made it clear that we still have that promise, some of those covenant promises now, right? Right. Okay. Well, it's it's. I mean, Paul makes it clear, right? I I what I'm getting at is I don't know if they're mutually exclusive. Yes. So you're with the Catholics uh-huh. on that? Well, I'm, I'm with the Catholics on a lot of things, <laughs> but um, I I I don't know. I'd have to read what he's saying because right now, if you are of Jewish descent. And you accept Christ as your Savior, you're in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're talking about whenever the time of the Gentiles is over, what happens then? All right. The time of the Gentiles was over, and then the time of Israel started. No, 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 no. So I'm talking. You, all right. You have a different terminology than the mainstream terminology. The time of the Gentiles is what happened when Israel was trampled after Christ's death and resurrection. And there's the time of the Gentiles happening right now. And so whenever the time of the Gentiles is complete, something happens. That, that would make no sense to me. You're right. That would make no sense to me. Well, that's, that's what age, even right, Job, Job was in the age of the, of the Gentiles. Right. But the biblical language, even Jesus talk, Jesus, I forget who talks about it. Anyway, this is my, this. I'm fuzzy on this area. Okay. But the phrase the term that is used is age of the gentiles which we're living in now yeah oh okay i can believe that yeah so because because the gospel because the the, the the gospel was spread to the gentiles that mm-hmm. was that was yes. paul's main thing and so yes yes mm-hmm. well the antichrist is going to be a jew <sighs> you know i hope i wait, I, wait, 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 I, have, wait. I have no opinion <laughs> what flesh that out yeah he's going to be of of the um uh, genetically, he's going to be a Jew. Okay, he'll have the DNA of a Jew. And, and why? Where do you get that? Well, because the the Jews are going to accept him as the Christ, as the Messiah. They don't believe the Messiah's come, and so he's going to come along, and he's going to bring peace. Oh, I see. They wouldn't accept a non-Jew as their Messiah. That's exactly right. Ben Shabibo. <laughs> he's the Antichrist. That's for sure. Are they going to accept him as Messiah or as ruler? Were they were they were they going to accept him as Messiah? Is there what's the passage that you have there for that? I'm not trying to call you yeah. out. Well, about, right at the uh, moment, yeah. I can't okay. got it. On, got it. But right. that's, that's through uh, the study I made through the years, mm-hmm. and that was one thing that see back in the set, uh, yeah, the late '60s and early '70s, we had all these guys with their little dispensational charts 
going around and numbers teaching, and teaching all kind of numbers and numerology and stuff. No, I don't. Yeah, they stay away that. from that. Okay. They, stay they, from they, they did. They stayed yeah. away from that. That's right. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about the dispensations. It's an easy way to understand how God is dealing with people at a certain time. And we're in a dispensation of, of, of grace now. Well, I do those numerology guys. I followed one of them, read them as far as I could, and I tried, decided to play, play it on to see how it would work out. And you take 666, and then you add it, the sixes together, and then you divide it by the square root of pi, and you add it to the 777. Mm. And I found out that I was the Antichrist. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're going to reinstate the uh, sacrifice of yep. animals. That's come. That's a big Scott thing. Yeah. Scott Killing was always into that. And, and they'll have to have a, a, a cat that yeah. has uh, what? Unblemished. Yeah, unblemished. No red hair. Mm-hmm. Or all red. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be an unblemished red heifer, right? Yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Unblemished red heifer. And he there's a and there's a Camera sat on the Dome of the Rock, and, Glenn, and Glenn, Glenn's looking for it too. too. Scott, <laughs> Scott, he lived it. He was looking for. Oh, no. He was looking for the second coming. Mm-hmm. He was looking for it. And we're all supposed never to predict it. Never predict it. Just looking yeah. for it. Yep. Anxious for it. Yeah. So I'll give him that. All right. So so anyway, this covenant. I need to read the covenant side of it. Because I'm beginning to think it's not mutual exclusive. It's just two different ways to think. See, you cut me off about this, but I was giving into that. So, yeah. Catholics are the middle ground. Yeah, no, no, no. It's It's the true way. We're on half half, (laughs) half of the ground. So, we acknowledge that um, that the Jews are unique people and um, that there's a special place for Israel, like with God's plan, I guess. Okay. Um, but then there's also the new Israel, and that's what they're saying the church is, like the new church that God's building up. And so um, with that, you have the different promises and, um, I guess, plans for Israel and then separate mm-hmm. that with that. So, So at the second coming, how do they see Israel? Do they see that? Is still merged with the church, or do they see Israel as a separate program at that point? At the I second think, coming, let's see. It looks like one day the Jewish people as a nation will return to Christ, and this will be one of the signs of the second coming and the resurrection of the dead. Okay, yeah. hmm. so this and seems like they'd they all be removed. So all the all the Jewish people, and I think that's going to happen. If I you're do. a rapturist. Yes. Yes. We yeah. don't believe in the rapture. They don't believe in the rapture. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Get that's that away from don't. me. Covenant, covenantalists don't believe in the rapture. That was some. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, the rapture is a dispensationalist idea. Okay. What do they think? That what do they think? Yeah. That? What is the There's catching, a second coming? What is the catching away of the bride? What is the dead in Christ rising first, and we which remain shall be caught up in there with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm playing the role of mediator right now, so okay. I don't really, I don't really have an answer for you, but. Well, um, uh, that's something that I figured. That. No, I don't. Uh, not right now. So he, not right now. He's like, ah. Um, yes. uh, I'm not a millennialist. I'm a pre-millennialist, but I don't necessarily see the rapture. Oh, I see all these words I'm now. We got the millennium. We've got the mm-hmm. post-millennium. Yeah, I've, I've got all yeah. the little things. On so, there. so I had like <laughs> my thing is I have trouble seeing the rapture just from the text. You would have to. It's a theological construct for me. That's what it seems to be. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that I'm excluding it out of the picture. It's a soft no to the rapture for me. I am a definitely a premillennialist. I think that I, I, I can't picture the rapture. Now I'm going to tell you that. Okay, I don't see naked bodies floating up into the heavens. 
I don't see that. I think we'll have a white room. All right. Well, I we have a bright light, but I can't see that. All right. And I and I I don't see the bodies themselves going up. I I can't understand it. This is what I'll say though to the to the covenant question I would have to the covenant mm-hmm. is you still got to explain those last seven years. Where are we? Where is where is Where's the Holy Spirit? Where well, is the church the, the church age believers? Where did, do we go? Did Elijah go up into heaven in a chariot? Uh, chariot? Well, I, I, listen, I'm not trying to be um, to, to. Did Enoch walk with God and Enoch was found no more? Well, what, what I'm telling you is you're going to some place that I was just trying to brush past. I don't care how it happens. I can't picture it. I want to go. I want to go. I do. I don't want to be here for that seven years. I think he doesn't. He's not necessarily interested in the mechanics of it. Similar to how I know the resurrection is going to happen and that we're going to have glorified bodies. I don't have to know what the mechanics of that are. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I don't have to understand it. It would make more sense to me that people would think there were dead bodies all over the place. And and those bodies were left behind. We were up in heaven with an uncorrupt body that we don't have that body. But I don't care. Okay, I will say this. I read them. I read uh, eschatology, and I want to be doing just what I'm ordered to be looking for the second coming for Christ to return. I am doing that, but I do not have the desire to study that well enough to give you something I'm confident with to say this is how it's going to go down. Because I really do believe that I need to know the basics, know where to look, know what the signs are. But I think that the closer we get, the less we're, our predictions about how it's going to work happen. So to me, it's a waste of time to go too far. Uh, look for it. That's how I am. I could be wrong, but that's it. But I do have a very a very good idea of what I, I believe that, that there's a seven years there. I, I can't imagine. It, there's, not, there's no way for me to read the New Testament and come up with any other conclusions that the church age believers are parathetical. And they're gone as soon as that happens. Well, and he's coming for those that are looking for him. That's what the scripture says. Well, I'm looking for him. I just don't know what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I can't picture how it's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be better than we expect. That's kind of how I am about I agree it. With that. Well, you know, uh, my goodness, the big liars we got on this earth, they'll think up a, a lie real quick. It was just a spaceship came down and took these crazy people away. I was actually listening to a Dallas radio station whenever Emily and I visited DTS for the first time in the spring, and it would be last spring, and a person on the radio station actually said that. They said, (laughs) why do you think these UFO sightings have come out? And the government's like, oh yeah, these things are real. It's because Satan knows that the rapture's about to happen, and whenever it happens, they're going to have a readily made excuse that UFOs beam these people up into the sky. Oh, they'll come up with stuff like that. I sure don't want to go through the tribulation. No, I don't. So, so do you do you believe in the tribulation? Yes, I'm pretty sure we. Yeah, I'm. I think I was just reading that. So, Jim, do you believe in it? Okay, because we we are basically a millennialism, but we Mm. don't use that word. Yeah, apparently. So. Everybody else uses atheist as a, you know, like yeah. for some reason, and it drives me a little bit crazy, partly because I don't know why they say amillennialist. Mm-hmm. So I get, I don't know if that's because nobody likes having a millennialist as it sound like you're, you know, a atheist. So anyway, yeah. it's um, atheist. Yeah. So, and it drives me crazy. I should not so, so in God's uh, big plan, there's going to be uh, human beings 
living on this earth uh, from here on out. And actually, uh, 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 during the millennium, especially, it says that if you live to be 100 years old, they'll say that you died as a child. And uh, most people that uh, study eschatology also study that we will come back after the uh, Lord's Supper, marriage supper of the Lamb, we will come back and we will be ruling different places in this world. I'm hoping that I get to rule West Virginia. Actually. That's a, so J. Dwight Pentecost, I believe, had that view where the during the rapture, we were having the marriage or the yeah. wedding feast with yeah. Christ. And then after after that, Christ comes down to earth to present his bride to earth, and he subjects Israel to Christian believers. That's what the idea was with Pentecost. Now, Sarah asked if I was a millennial. It's like if I believed. No, you hey. asked if I believed in the uh, tribulation. tribulation. Yes, I think that that's going to happen. Yeah, and I, think I also that think too. that there's going to be a millennium. I think that to say that there's not going to be a millennium, and this is a personal opinion of mine, I'm not going to get angry for anyone for disagreeing, but I think to say that there's not going to be a millennium is to over-spiritualize the text. We have, uh, so what, like, this is the thing. Um, we have rejected the premillennial position, sometime called millennial. You know, I, I don't want to pronounce that word. What is it called? Lithologica. Lithologica. <laughs> well, you're sitting there reading the word. Oh, God. I, just, I, I suck at reading. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> so, but um, let's see. In the 1940s, uh, we said that the premillennialism cannot safely be taught, but it has not been dogmatically defined. Like I should go with that. Yeah. Was that we're not dogmatic about it? Yes, that's yeah, me. That's it. I, I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. We, I'm not dogmatic about well, how we do how it's going to happen. We believe that the event that, that the event of our gathering together to be with Christ will take place, though we do not generally use the rapture to refer to this. Fair enough. Yeah. So, are you saying that uh, that it, it, would the Catholic Church not believe in the millennium? I don't know. We I don't know. Okay. So wait. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Yeah, let me, but let Sorry. me just let me just say debating. this again though. I, I can't say I'm dogmatic about anything in the future. Mm-hmm. I can't say that. This is what I, I joined Chris with, absolutely standing with him, and will shout it to the hills. The church age believers will not be in a tribulation. And I cannot see any way that the promises that we should look forward to these things, that we can re- re- be comforted by these things. There's no way. Of right. And so I'll stand with him on that. Yeah. I'm going to stand with him on that. Now, whether I'm right or wrong, I still could be wrong because I'm telling you, People have been read, reading the um, the prophecies and getting them wrong since the Bible started. That's why the Jews miss Jesus. Miss, they miss prophecy, and I realize I could miss it. Right. But I can't just come it up such a dogmatic um, dispensationalist and having studied it over and over as a kid, a teenager, early to early 20s, I studied it over and over again at that time. It was all him. Nobody but this one preacher. That's what I had. That's the books I had. That's back before the internet. You had what you stuff. You had what was in your house. Mm-hmm. And I read it. And it has made sense to me mm-hmm. completely. The only thing that I think the dispensationalists are getting wrong, and I'm putting this out there, guys, do not quote this in front of a congregation. I don't see any possible way you could be both the body and the bride. I think the the bride has got to be the Jews. And that's when he combines us all together, when the body and the bride are combined. 
That's the James Wilkerson theory, and nobody else's. You may not use that. You may not quote me. You do not have my permission to quote me on the. Because, like, that's my theory, but don't quote me on it. Well, you can say I said it, but don't you get up front of a a congregation and say that. I think you can say, uh, wait, do you believe it? I absolutely believe that. I do believe that because the reason I say that is, is I questioned it when I was reading things. I was going, like, how could you be both? And then Scott said that, that he had heard this minister say, that, and I went, oh, that makes sense. The Jews are the, those are the bride and we're the body. But I wouldn't put it on a test. If, I, if he gave me a test, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll add to that, that whenever I'm reading the scriptures, I every now and then run across a verse where I'm like, okay, I'm dispensationalist. And then I every now and then run across um, another verse where I say I'm a covenantalist. Like the promises to Abraham or promises to Christians and Israelites. And so we are all sharing in the same Abrahamic promises. It doesn't mean that those uh, those covenants are at that point in time null and uh, void simply because they were unconditional and God failed. I think those covenants were unconditional, but it seems to me that the unconditional covenants all of a sudden exploded into something much greater than we could ever imagine. Yeah, I like that. That. That it was for the church. You sound charismatic. Charismatic there, you are. I didn't get a hallelujah out of you. I learned, wait, I'm sorry, just real quick. I learned something really interesting about the church in like the hundreds, like this is sometime during those hundreds of years, um, maybe the 400s, that they did say hallelujah in the church. Oh, there we go. That's part of our church history. Catholic yes. church Actually, history. Yeah. And this crossed my mind a few minutes ago because I think all churches have vowed out of of the new sacrificial system. The new sacrificial system is praise and worship to Almighty God. But you just have to define and with worship. All the all I, I will in a moment. Okay. In in uh, all of the, the Word of God, it says that uh, all the Word of God is yes, but the Amen has to rise up out of us. Worship can be clapping your hands. It can be lifting really your said. hands. Mm-hmm. Here. All right, you just you almost quoted the catechism. Really? Yes, a blessing going up Mm -hmm. is Uh, praise and worship. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. So you're Catholic. See, we just have a. I guess you know. Wait, wait, wait. Let's step back. You know, we do have a mutual ground where we do believe in like in the congregation participating in your church, my mass. So we we do have that where it's not we're silent the entire time, and that's not including singing. It's like actual we say things during mass. So. We can have that, and it, we uh, believe that it is true worship of God whenever we participate in that way. So we just have a formal way of doing it. You'll have the uh, the informal way of doing it. But uh, I think that God loves that we're happy about him anyway, so we're good. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the only thing that I see, the, the Bible says uh, you can have a form of godliness and deny the power. And the Spirit of God came down on the day of Pentecost. And then you have Peter and and John, and they come by this guy that's a beggar, and he can't walk. And he looks to them looking for a handout. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have given unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And later he's seen in the temple, and he is walking and leaping, and praising God. On the day of Pentecost, they thought everybody was drunk up there because there were things that were happening that was very similar to someone being drunk. 
They couldn't walk. They were falling down. They were getting loud. They were shouting. So that, and if you go to the, the Great Awakenings, I'll tell you, if, if people would just study the Great Awakenings, the First and Second Great Awakening, these people were falling out. And there are, uh, I, I got a book that I need to own to you, Jim. All right. But, but they, uh, they, were, uh, they were falling out. And if, if any of these uh, uh, newspaper reporters made fun, the power of God hit them, and they were laying on the ground. And they were acting drunk. You know, I've uh, this is this could be a good podcast for another time because I actually have been looking into um, the history of worshiping and and praising and praying. Like, so there's different like diff- they to me they they dip mean different things. And so um, we should definitely get into that. I don't want to get too much into it because uh, I know that Jim was talking about explosions, and that's really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, I think yeah, we're talking yeah. about the difference in would you say rote and spontaneous because. Uh, one is you're doing it because you've been t- you've been told to do it, and one is spontaneous. It's by the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how to best say this without you feeling any offense, because you it's probably not, can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't throw anything, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, because I'm not, I'm seriously not saying that there's not worship going on in your church. I think that the people. Or at your church are legitimately worshiping. For me, I get more worship out of uh, liturgy, out of an organized liturgy like the Catholic Church has, because, because that's how my mind. We're all doing the same thing. I don't look strange doing this because we're doing that. Nah, that's not it. I don't mind standing down, out. Uh, but we are afraid. We don't want the Holy Spirit to come on with this. If the Holy Spirit's going to make us. See, I would just always disagree with you on that. I, I, I love it. I love. That. I love feeling the Holy Spirit's, mm-hmm. uh, Spirit's presence in church. But um, if I was scared to put my neck out, I don't think that I would have been a pitcher as long as I was. I don't think that I would have tried going against the grain on certain things um, in academia. And so, like, I, it's not. A, it's not a matter of not standing out. It is a matter of. Um, that's just not how I get excited. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not how I praise God. I praise, I, I praise God in quiet time in a very, um, like I have well, these very blissful that. moments, but as far as, uh, I don't like crowds. I don't like really, I get drained whenever I talk to people. It's more of a, um, I feel like it's more of a personality issue more than anything. I think that is a personality and, But it's not. It's definitely not insecurity. It's definitely not a, oh, I don't want the Holy Spirit to be embarrassed. It's not an embarrassing thing. It's very possible that the guy that was lame from his mother's womb was had a personality like that. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him and he got his healing, I've seen, I, 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 I'm not going to name any names, but I know an individual very well that uh, she says, I do not get excited in church. That's just not me. But you know, Christmas time, woo, ha, oh, this is wonderful. Look at this gift. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that amazing? Where is it? Everybody's got something that will move them to get excited. Mm-hmm. And that could be, that could be, I could have that excitement outside of church too, though. Well, sure. Yeah. No, what he's saying is you've had, if you have that excitement outside of church, then you need to have it inside of church. Well, I don't even necessarily see that, but I think you ought to be open to the move of the Spirit of God. Now, I'm talking about a lot of uh, Spirit-filled churches that uh, they have lost the move of the Holy Spirit in their churches. Mm. And they have tried to be more uh, Baptist, more 
denominational because they look and they see these churches, they're growing, growing, growing. And so they try to dumb down the congregation. And uh, All right, Well, I, let me just say this then. Okay. I, there is absolutely no dumbing down of the Catholic congregation, period. Well, I have, I have a remark, but I'm not going to get I think that I think that this would be better because, again, like what I've been looking into is specifically the worship of the Jews, because that's where a lot of this came from. And that's specifically in the temple, um, how they actually conducted, um, especially uh, the Sabbath. And um, or I guess it was Shabbat for them. There is a way that they would go about, um, especially like they would go about breaking bread and um, after Christ, how they would uh, continue breaking bread in church and worshiping um, since then. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I don't have enough information on. It's like, when, again, it's one of those situations, I've been talking about this a lot, where I have researched enough for me to understand and say, yes, like I get it now. That makes a lot of sense where this all came from, like all the history. But then whenever I try to explain to somebody else, it's like, oh yeah, like they they broke bread and they did specific readings and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's very close to what we do now. I mean, like even we say, uh, Holy, um, what is it? Holy, 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 Lord, God of might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. That's been done since the New Testament. They've been saying that stuff, which mm-hmm. is insane. It's like, that's why like the other day, whenever I was seeing that um, in church, it, it just hit me that this is connected. Um, like this specific uh, saying or like we seeing it mm-hmm. is connecting us to um the new testament you know where i get the most worship is Mm -hmm. whenever i'm uh studying and there seems to be a almost discouragement in seminary for people to get too intellectual Mm -hmm. and yes i agree that there are certain people who i've seen that drain them like what drains them for uh as far as books go energizes me and then what they get energized as far as singing and worshiping in the chapel drains me all right. And I think that there are multiple ways to worship. I don't think that there's any one way. I believe that Solomon and David worshiped in very different ways and that Solomon worshiped God and studying. You can see it in his Proverbs that a lot of his Proverbs come, come from the study of his creation just generally. And so he studies and worships God, writes down Proverbs. David studies, dances in front of the ark and i think you even say that there were no sacrifices in those days because of, now i haven't looked into that but that's that's one of the that, things well because mm-hmm. the new testament says mm-hmm. that the tabernacle of david will be restored mm-hmm. and it the whole um the whole idea was that david was a a worshiper of the lord to the uh, point that his wife mocked him Mm-hmm. And she became barren for doing that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and he, the ark represented the presence, the power, and the glory of God. Well, he said, well, it was just all symbolism. Well, it wasn't. Because when they went after the, they got killed by transporting it wrong, not bringing it like they should have. They left it over to a guy's house. He used to know his name. And they left him at that house. And everything he had started prospering. Word got to David. David said, I got to get this. I got to get this back to to uh, my place Mm -hmm. because this guy is prospering because the ark is there and it represented presence, power and glory. God. But when they tried to carry it in a formality in the battle, nothing happened. They got defeated. Uh, The high priest was killed. All kinds of bad stuff happened. 
and it was gone out of Israel. For well, I would say time. that maybe the reason why the nothing happened is because it wasn't God's will. It, it could be that, but my, my and, broader point here, because I want to finish. Wait, I'm sorry, just real quick yeah. too. As far as formality and the art goes, it's very clear that there's an extremely formal way of handling it because that God died during the time of David from handle it, mishandling exactly. it. And so I would say that that shows that there are constraints that God sets. But, but real actually, quick, praise and worship, that. nobody died from praise and worship. Mm-hmm. In fact, David... David instituted now that everybody could see into the whole uh, Holy of Holies and they were worshiping and praising God 24-7. They were praising God and it stayed that way for a long time. And now, mm-hmm. now the scripture says in the New Testament, it says that he's going to restore the tabernacle of David. I've seen that because I've noticed that we have gone to another level in all of our churches. I've gone to a lot of churches here in town and <laughs> all of them, all of them have got on the same wave as they have come away from the hymns. I mean, the ones that are really growing. Coming away from the hymns, and they've got in to singing all kinds of praises to God. One church in this town, maybe the only one that I can think of right off, that would be a denominational church that goes way back to John Wesley. And in that church, you will see people that will lift their hands. And you can feel this presence of God and the Spirit of God there while they are singing. So my broader point, going back to the different ways of worship, where some people get energized with the chapel and the singing and saying hello to each other, where that, whereas that drains me just naturally as a person. But then on the other side, they get drained if they study, whereas I get super energized and super energetic about the Lord. There's one. I get super there's, there's, energized when I study. Well, but there's one aspect where it seems people are saying, hey, this is very, very important for you to do, which is sing, praise, worship. And then there's the other side where you'll see it on website after website after website saying, whenever you go to seminary, don't get too tied down in the intellectual side of it because that will tend to drain you. And I think that That's for wild. me personally, it would be wrong to try forcing a way of worship onto someone that will drain them and then simultaneously say, but it's okay if you don't intellectually get engaged in Christianity. Like it would be wrong for me if I told people, Hey, because I get intellectually stimulated or get spiritually stimulated through my intellectual studies, you have to do that too. Like you have to get super stoked about go do what Solomon did and become a biologist. You know, go study the way of the world because that's how he worshiped God. I don't think that that's necessarily right. I think that every Christian should, as far as their intellect will allow them, they should be getting intellectually involved in what the word of God says. I've Mm -hmm. read passages today. Right, and, but and, but and, you you put a caveat in there well, as far as their intellectual allow them. Yeah, well, yes, I well, mean, as far as my, I mean, there's different intellectual uh, levels. Right, and what obviously. about different singing levels and different alco different exactly. different excerpts? But, 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 but I think what he's saying is for each of those different things. You do basically what you're able to. And so, right. is that right? Like, Thank you reach you, out as all of those. Well, know? that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think that we're agreeing there. Heck yeah, we did it. Finally. What my, what my spiritual, Gift I guess, is. what my worship will allow as far as singing goes yeah. is the Catholic liturgy or the um, Episcopalian liturgy. If you try to get me to do yeah, anything more than that, nonsense. I'm going to be exhausted. You will have a day when the Holy Spirit comes up on you in such a way mm-hmm. that you will respond in a way that's going to surprise you. Yes. So, I think it's going to be soon. Okay. Well, that was that, like, I'm open to that. I've been open to that. Like I've been with Scott and Kane and have, have had that discussion with them. 
But it would be like my saying, there will become a day where you'll, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll have a, a mind like a PhD biologist. It's like people have different gifts in the church. And you will cry and while yes, receiving the Yes, yes. And so, <laughs> like, I think that there are different things that will happen. I'm open to the Holy Spirit coming on me, but people have different gifts and different um, different ways of worship. I mean, like I said, I, I, well, I point out David and Solomon. Who gives that to God does. Yes. The Holy Spirit. And so, yes, I agree that if the Holy Spirit comes on me and has me starting to speak Chinese, then, yeah, all the more power to it. But I'm not saying that, um, that <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that that's the appropriate way of worshiping, that because now the Holy Spirit came upon me, I'm speaking Chinese, then everybody must speak Chinese. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yes. So, well, I think that it's ridiculous to say that every person should worship the same exact way. For me, I really like Sarah does that apostolic creed is very powerful and or the Nicene Creed, whichever one you guys do, mm-hmm. is very powerful. I agree, I agree with both. And it extends all the way back to the early church. And even the uh, singing Hosanna goes all the way back to the New Testament. We know this. And so knowing that and knowing that I'm in a community of believers who from the New Testament time to the present are worshiping God in the same way really does something inside me spiritually that I think a lot of other people would have difficulty grasping. So a lot of people in your church might have difficulty grasping that in the, or sorry. (laughs) I'm the one who has a church. (laughs) Sorry. But a lot of people in a more charismatic church would have trouble getting that sort of spiritual emotion out of it. Whereas I have that trouble in a charismatic church. Well, the Bible says don't quench the spirit of God. You've already said that you feel the spirit move upon you Mm -hmm. as you study the word of God, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't dare say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why would he not say that? I say that. I say that frequently. Okay. You're praying. But I'm not, I'm not doing it in that way. Like that's your way, Chris. My way is like, whenever I tell my mom, whenever I tell my mom, thank you. Whenever well, look, what I read is heavy. But, but whenever, whenever I tell my mom, thank you, I'm like, thank you, mom. You know, and it's very heartfelt. And she and I are both feeling it in that moment. Well, that's I, the way I that I do that. go to my mother and say, hallelujah, mama. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, but like you have a very different personality. Well, all I got to say to you, Jim, mm-hmm. read about the first great awakening and second I'll, I'll read that awakening. book if you give it to I, me. I will. Yeah. I'll loan it I'm, to I'm excited about I'll reading it. dig it out of my library. Mm-hmm. I think I figured out how to explain our our way of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically took the ancient ways of worshiping throughout whatever God throughout, like not throughout, like oh, through out. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I realized that that's two words. Um, the ways that God told us not to worship anymore, according to the new covenant, and then added in what he told us to add, like baptism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so from there, that's that's how we've uh, built up our mass mm-hmm. yeah yeah my like there are many and, and so whenever, I many say, whenever i say that i'm sorry the ancient ways of worshiping i'm talking about the jewish yeah. tradition yeah. right there are many private moments that i have where there are it's not a hallelujah moment it's like a deeply heartfelt tearful moment that i'm having oh that's good okay mm-hmm. but that's not charismatic i mean but that <laughs> that's true. That's actually very true. But the so the Catholic Church goes through moments like that where you'll have tearful priests or tearful people who are worshiping. But it's not something where we're like, hallelujah. In, in fact, it almost seems like I, I see rock music as somehow for me personally, 
cheapening my relationship with God. Because I see that Gregorian music is something that's saying you're in the presence of holiness here. Oh my. Yes. Gregorian no. chants are I love Gregorian chants. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, but that's for me. Well, I would But this is why I'm saying that's for me. Because if I force that on you then and said you're not having the Holy Spirit come upon you because you're not have you're not being moved by this music, then you would hate that I would say Even that. Even the Catholic Church moved on from that. But but you would hate that I would say that. Get my point here. You would it's hate so that funny. I would force that upon you. All right. I would. Ha- I don't like it whenever people try forcing their way of worship upon me. I don't think that churches force worship on people. I think that when the word is preached and it's declared, you can feel the presence of God. What you do with the presence of God is up to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to clap, that's all right. Yes, I, said, I agree. Clap your hands, all you people. I agree. If you don't want to clap, don't mm-hmm. clap. Just soak in it. I think for every this this phrase is often used. I'm paraphrasing it and I'm modifying it to fit this conversation for every individual. There is a way of worship. And I think they can all point to God and that there you can worship in that. Every individual has even multiple ways of worship. And so that whenever I'm at work, I'm worshiping one way. Whenever I'm in the house, I'm worshiping another way. Whenever Emily and I are together, we're worshiping our own collective way. That this does not mean that I have to worship the way that Chris Witt worshiped, though. And we can also identify how not to worship, which is, let's say, worshiping Satan. That's not included in worshiping God. And so there are definitely bounds to worship. But within those bounds, there are, and there are, what would it be, trillions of ways to worship, I would say, to God. Because it, worship is almost like a thumbprint. You could see how Solomon worships, and you say that that is a personalized worship of God compared to David's way of worship. And so that's all I'm kind of getting at here. And I didn't realize that I would be as emotionally invested in this conversation as I am, yeah. but I am because I, I don't For like it. For intellect, you get really emotional. I, I, yeah, because I don't like it whenever people tell me, well, the way that you're worshiping, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to move through you. And I am. I just have a different way of worship than many other people do. I'm getting a book for you. Okay. I, because, <laughs> because it blows Everything you've said, it blows it out. You're telling me that because, I'm... Okay. No, no. Okay. You well, worship God any way you want to. My turn to me. I, I just say this, that if if you go back into the Great Awakenings, it wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to worship their way. I got my own way. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait, it wait. was such a move of the Spirit of God that, like I said, even newspaper reporters that were not saved found themselves. All right. So this is usually Glenn's job, but this time I'm going to step right. in. All right. Well, don't leave but, Glenn out. Because I, leave Glenn yeah, out. I, out. I never Glenn, that's too important to this podcast. All right. This is what I'm going to say, what I'm hearing. Okay. All right. And, and I don't know that you're hearing Jim. All right. I'm not sure. No, I am I'm hearing sure. him. Here's the deal. Jim is absolutely agreeing that your form of worship is legit. That when the power of the Holy Spirit hits you the way that it hits you and the churches you've been in, that is totally and completely legit. Okay. Yes. There's no illegitimacy to it. Right. But that he is saying that he has had just as legitimate experiences with worshiping God as you have had under a different form. And he's not judging your form, and he's at, he, but he does not want to be judged either. No, and I'm not judging to, him. I'm, he wants to be able to say. I've made that plain. I mean, I had a church that some people, they, they worship God in such a fashion. That's fine. But there is another way. There is a and, and we're all accepting that. You can get into water ankle deep. This is in the Bible. You can get in the Bible 
into the water knee deep, waist deep, so much water that you have to swim. That's all. That's yeah, all but, I'm but I, like, I'm well, let, me, let, me, let me stay moderating here. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Because I think that Jim is going to absolutely agree with you mm-hmm. that he is in the deep end of the pool to himself, that that's what he, that's his worship. It's just as deep as it is for any other church, that that's the form of worship that God directed him in, and he's following and, and, and doing exactly what God wants him to do, and that, that that's where he is. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm not being understood. I can see that. No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not being understood. I'm telling you that there is such a move of the Spirit of God that you don't think, oh, I'm, not, I'm going to worship this way or that way. You have no choice. That's what I feel like. But I do. I, I agree with you in that. Yeah. And I feel like I have no choice but to worship in the way that I'm worshiping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you and I, you and I agree. And I, I just don't want people to think that I'm in the shallow end because I'm not worshiping like they are. I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm not, I'm like, I, I would, offend is not the right word. It would just be adamant disagreement with someone who says that I'm in the shallow end because I'm not in a church clapping my hands. I know that's not what you're saying. But I, I feel like I almost have no choice. Like if I were to worship the way that you worship, it would I would be forcing myself. Like I got to worship this way. This is how I got to do it. That, that wouldn't the way that I'm the way that I'm worshiping. It's almost like I'm going with the current. Like this is the way that it is. This is the way the Holy Spirit's moving me, and that's how I'm worshiping. And if, mm-hmm. and if the Holy Spirit were to hit him as the way you describe, then I would worship the way you worship. I, I guarantee. It. This is a. Mm-hmm. This is going to probably offend every person. Here we go. Let's go. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but no, 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 no. I'm actually. This is going to be in a different way. Like not in the way that you think. Okay. Um. Whenever you talk about like the Holy Spirit moving you, um, I felt it several times in the mass, like the first, mm-hmm. the first few months that I received the Eucharist just cried like a baby. I couldn't stop. It was insane. And it was the same thing with confession. Um, that was the most overwhelming presence that I've ever had come over me after my first confession. And, um, those were already sins that I had talked about with God and like I had prayed about and I had cried about and all this other stuff. And like going through confession, it was just like, a, it was an insane wave. I went in there just expecting to get through this. I wasn't, I wasn't worried about going to confession at all because I, uh, I know it's confidential. And um, I'd done enough research into um, all of that, that I was, I was accepting of being able to go to a priest about everything. And it was, it was intense. Um, and then it was the same thing with praying the rosary. The first time that I actually tried, like I went to pray for it. Um, I went in, first of all, prayed to God first, like, please like lead me to you and set away from you with this. I'm not trying to stray. Like I, it's, it's kind of difficult whenever you first, um, make a prayer like that to, um, especially Mary or something, because you really don't want to be praying to idols, but at the same time, like you actually read the prayer and it's like, okay, I feel comfortable with this. And I got, I, I went in just expecting to go through this prayer um, real quick in and out. And, um, by the third Hail Mary, I lost it. It was like this just insanely beautiful, like comforting feeling came over to me. And, um, it's, it's, I love feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit, but I've never been guided to, uh, dancing or anything like that. It's always been just this like hug, like a pug and our family does not hug, but I love those hugs. So that's, that's, that's true. Our family does not hug. We don't like hugs. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I to, to get back to the mediator side of this thing. I, I know that when I 
go to church where I go, that the presence of God is there. And I have no mm. doubt about that. I'm not spoken in tongues or anything like that, but I have no doubt. And I don't even participate in the clapping and stuff, mm-hmm. but I still go. There's no fear there. And I love that. I love that. But my, I guess what I'm trying to say uh, to you is I think we do understand that if you ever are hit with the uh, Holy Spirit the way you have been hit, you're not going to be able to resist it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Be, It'd be, it'd be futile to try to resist it. I've not been hit with it yet, and Jim has not, but that doesn't mean... As far in that way, I've been hit with the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Yeah, there you go. Sarah's been hit by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we've all been hit saying. by it, but mm-hmm. just not, yeah, not in the same way. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, and so I think we all actually are agreeing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know that you're mediating, but I do think that we actually are agreeing, um, and there might have been some misunderstanding on my part, so I'm apologize for that. You I want to do a little bit of spot painting if we have a little bit of time, then we got to turn it over to Glenn. To, yes. To, but we didn't finish this one thing. I said that about the three years that I said I was going to get, I wanted three years of the gas and then it, exactly three years, it stopped. And I posit that it's worked on the positive side that changes have happened in my life. If I speak them in prayer, I can't just go say, Hey, I'm going to be a billionaire. That's not it. Maybe. Maybe I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> But but what I am saying is, is this: Charlotte believes this. Charlotte, before long before she, she, this has been going on for five, ten years. She does not like me speaking negative thoughts. She says that they, I'm speaking those into existence. And it was exactly three years. Was it coincidence or is it possibly spiritual? You put me on the spot here. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm, I'm, just, I'm suspending judgment. I'm always skeptical. My my immediate mind goes to skepti- skepticism, skepticism, and that's how it was with Christianity. Whenever I left the home, it goes to skepticism. And so God about there's it? a strength, and yeah, and so, there's so always brand new wisdom. Up well, no, I'm not saying it's flat out coincidence. I'm saying I'm suspending judgment. I've, I've read Fred Keener's miracles, and I'm telling you, for someone like me, that's who I need. I need someone who goes and researches these things and creates a two-volume, 1,100-page book on the issue of miracles and documenting them. And there are just too many for me to say, no, these things don't happen. Catholics will tell you the same thing. Right, exactly. And the Catholics do a really good job of documenting, verifying, things like that. I think that we the people— love our Well, I'm not, I don't expect this to be documented. I don't right. expect you to— well, I don't expect it to— Yeah, 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 we, but, yeah. But, but, but the, the thing that I'm saying is that um, I think that— People who automatically discount miracles and say, well, miracles don't happen because miracles don't happen are acting extremely unacademic and extremely foolish about the situation. Your situation, I'm going to hold it in suspense because I thoroughly believe in miracles. I do not believe in. I have a question. Did you pray about it? No, I I didn't. But I spoke with the question is, did I speak it into existence? I don't like that. I don't like saying I can speak something into existence like that. I I think think we need to. We all need to be careful when we say that. Yeah, that's true. But I, I think that that's kind of weird to think that without going to God about it or like specifically having any connection with him about this mm-hmm. and saying it's because I spoke, I said this. By definition, anything negative is going to be not mm-hmm. of God. But I, I understand what Sarah's saying. She's saying, go to God first to get the answer. Well, I, well, I'm not saying that I shouldn't have. It wasn't even a thought. All it was is when we bought it, I said, this can't go forever. I, if I get three years out of it, I'd be happy. And I said it over and over and over again. I said it mm-hmm. uh, uh, a hundred times. That's what I'm saying, though. That like that's what bothers me. It wasn't even a thought, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that I wouldn't want to connect that to any kind of biblical um, receiving of anything because it wasn't like, and, and I don't like 
that going into your own control. Well, uh, so yeah, and and that makes sense. But like we're talking about whether or not this thing was spoken into existence. And the thing is, if I were, if you were to ask me that, I'd say no, it wasn't. I don't. But uh, but I also suspend judgment on these things. Just a coincidence. Yeah, I don't. So just I don't, a coincidence. It was a coincidence that I was saying three years, and it was exactly he's, he's to the day. Yeah, you you can be snared by the words that come out of you. I, I believe that. I believe I believe both positive and negative. Yeah, I do believe that. And I think that Scott Adams agrees with that, right, Glenn? He does in some ways. Um, really what he would probably say here, and I'm speaking to someone who I don't know and I've only listened to, is that uh, your mind was okay with three years. Your mind also probably filled in the blanks from your experience to say three years is be a good, good run. They're going to push this. Yeah. But if your mind had said, no, I get it forever, and you push back, would they have said, okay, okay, never mind. You know, so sometimes I think our minds say, this is how uh, I will accept it. This is the mindset I'll give it. And that mindset can drive your actions. So that's what I'll say about that particular thing. And, and also, now, as far as worship goes, this is something that I think uh, we all basically were agreeing with, but not agreeing with. And I think sometimes worship uh, without the Holy Spirit is by people who haven't experienced that Holy Spirit, a very different thing. It's just, okay, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay, Lord. And they, they go through the Lord's prayer, maybe whatever they do, uh, whatever their particular church upbringing has guided them to. But there is a difference, for instance, when I was born again, as opposed to when I was a believer. Uh, there was a huge difference. So I think that's where we were talking. And that I think everybody's experience is going to be different because we're different. I mean, we're not all the same genetic, we're the same genetic material, maybe, but we're not all the same person. And our experiences and our thoughts have a lot to do with how we worship. So if we take that and we can give the possibility that we don't know what is someone's experience, we have no idea. We know what we experience. We cannot for sure know what others experience. We have to rely on what they tell us. So that's where I would go with this, not Scott Adams' take, but my take. <laughs> I was I was egging you on. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the way I'd go here. Let, let your mind is very part. important to your religion. Let Let me say this: that that I don't know either. Okay, I can't tell you that. But what did come out of this is I'm going to be very careful what comes out of my mouth. Yeah, and Period. mercy. Listen, the mercy of God. You know, the mercy of God been things that all of us have said that it was just the mercy of God. It didn't take place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, right. I wonder how many times you say I'm going to have a bad day. You, you, I got out of bed on the wrong side. Of, I got on the wrong side of bed this morning and you create it. And I've, I've had that before where I've had to stop it. So stop being negative. You're causing this to keep getting worse. I, I, you know, I got this on the positive side and it's worked. And Charlotte has said over and over again that I've, that I do think I say too many negative things and I'm causing them to happen. Charlotte's the one driving this for me. I'm going to blame her, but she's the one that points it out. <laughs> and I, I do find it 
extraordinarily coincidental that it was to the day. I mean, to the day, three years. Uh, I, 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 I can't, I can't say God said, "Oh, James, quit saying those negative things." But I will say that it's, it was coincidental enough with exactly what was spoken by me that I do believe I need to watch what I say. I need to be careful what I say. Quantum mechanics changes everything. I, I, you know, that's so new age. You, you observe a particle and it changes? That's so new age, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's new age science. Mm. Yeah. Change the way you look at things. <laughs> change nope, change the way you not. look at things and the things you look at change. I'm, uh, that's apparently science. It's apparent, like, that's apparently Oh, no, no, no it's about the mere fact that you see it, it changes it. Yep. But maybe I don't know. All it's I can like say is octopus hides. I, I, I would, that's why I, I couldn't get offended by you guys disagreeing with me because I I do realize that there's no way to prove it. That's, that's for sure. The second thing is there's I did not pray about it, but I would think that almost everything you do negative was not prayed about or you wouldn't have done it, right? So so all I know is is that the lesson I learned from that is is I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna do as Charlotte said and keep keep it to myself if I and don't speak it out loud if i thought it, it was okay but i i i don't know i i chris's church is where i got this idea that we speak things into existence and i i believe it well glenn also uh not scolded me but he definitely admonished me in a very friendly way um not to say something was going to kill me he's like that actually will happen if you keep saying that and so I, I don't even, I'm, I'm not even in a habit of saying something like that. I said it one time and I was like, okay, I will never say that. Again. Oh, one time I told Charlotte, I, I, I want to kill myself. Just, I was mad. <laughs> and she said, stop it right now. <laughs> you know, she would have, Charlotte really believes it. Well, Charlotte yeah. really believes that you speak things into existence. Yeah. She is absolutely convinced. I don't know where she got it, but she's convinced of it. I'm not convinced. I think that that's a dark path. <laughs> I, I'll give you last word, Pastor. Can we speak things into existence? I believe that there's power in the tongue. I believe that some people are hung by their tongue. And I believe some people are elevated by their tongue. And we just, we need to speak uh, truth. We need to speak love, um, peace, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, long suffering. And uh, if we would go by the fruit of the spirit, we would, uh, Enjoy more of the presence of God and more of the, the the miracle hand of God. Sounds like a great way to end it. You know, for a bad start today, I think it ended up being a very good podcast. Yes, the devil <laughs> didn't want us to say all that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Go ahead, what's that, Glenn? I'm sorry. We stuck with it. We stuck with it. Thank you, guys, all of you. And I, I wish everybody, this. thank you for listening. And happy new year and prosperous new year. And speak good things into existence. Amen. <laughs> if you go to PJ's Coffee. If you want to speak a lot of good things into existence, you'll drive by the hot PJ's, stop on in, get delicious coffee, pastries, breakfast, lunch sandwiches, zap chips, and all natural Red Bull. There we go. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow, hopefully, with Ben to talk about local politics. It's the state and local politics. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. All right, see you.